0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Weekly Marguerite Recap here on the 1st of November, 2018. It is the beginning of an old era. Going back. We're bringing it back, Chris. Going back to when it, things were great. Back, things when I, were,
1: back when I didn't have depression all the time, Nick?
0: I don't know how long you've had depression, so...
1: Some say I've always had it.
0: <laughs> so then, no.
1: Damn. Back when the Giants were good at playing football? I have... They were
0: certainly better.
1: Yeah, there we go. Certainly
0: better okay. than they are currently. Where are they? Like one in seven,
1: something, something like that. <laughs> they traded away uh, like the two of the best players on defense too,
0: and uh, fourth round picks. And Odell Peckham Jr. Uh, is is thinking about leaving and all of that stuff. So. I
1: get so many texts from my dad. Who God love him. He's he's on retirement now. So he has a lot of free time to just right, like right, right. <laughs> At two in the afternoon, be like, God damn it, Odell. I'm just like that. I don't know what he did. <laughs> you got to give me context.
0: I'm too busy now. <laughs> uh, Yeah, we were going to originally uh, have a special guest on this show, but it's OK. He'll be back later. Uh-huh. Uh, and this thing, there will be much rejoicing, I think, when that time comes. But there is going to be much rejoicing today anyway. We've got uh, an episode packed full of actually some very eventful chapters, so I think that we should just get right back right into it, don't you? Absolutely. Okay.
1: Because there will be, in case you missed it, there will be an additional part of A World Trigger to My Heart and Backdoor at the end of this, so stay tuned to the very end.
0: Oh, we're doing, we are still doing that this episode. Yes,
1: we are still doing
0: it. Oh, okay. Okay, fine. So that's why she's not showing up today.
1: Okay, <laughs> she's like, I can't do this.
0: I can't do this. <laughs> not again. <laughs> no, boss. We are going to kick things off as we normally do. Yes, there's a new series that is back in the lineup, but that I kind of made a decision like, no, I like the order we've got. We're going to stick with that. So that's what we're doing. It's uh, we're going to start off with My Hero Academia. Then for the recap portion, we can recap. It's chapter number 203, Flexible Juzo Honenuki. Uh, which does not begin with uh, Juzo Honenuki. It begins with Endeavor, with his big old scarry goddamn face, uh, looking at his phone. And um, some people at his agency are talking to him, or talking at him, uh, but he's kind of preoccupied with his phone. and uh, he Like millennials
1: faced... are nowadays, isn't it really? Yeah. <laughs> Always looking at their phone.
0: Not interacting with the real world. There's stuff going on around him and that he's just staring at the screen. Yeah.
1: Losing touch. Becoming robots. Look Which at him. I don't understand as a problem. Robots are awesome.
0: <laughs> Look at him. Trying to interact with his son. Fuck. <laughs> this is what's wrong with today's generation.
1: <laughs> Communication.
0: I do actually really love this detail. If they're like if you want to like redeem endeavor and make him seem like like way less of a douchebag, having him be left hanging in a text conversation with a whole bunch of red messages is a good way to start, I think. <laughs> he seems so defanged by this experience he's trying to tell Todoroki something important and he sent him like four messages in a row and Todoroki just hasn't texted him back but he can see the has been read notification on all of them he's like come on (laughs) text me back
1: waiting for a reply
0: it's I would like this if uh, it's gone for a little bit longer and there was like one bit where you know it was like Todoroki Shoto is writing with a little spinning circle and then it stops. <laughs> it doesn't come back. Uh, um, but Endeavor actually has something apparently important that he wants to go over with uh, with his son. Which is specifically the technique that he didn't think that uh, Todoroki could handle in that flashback we saw previously from from, uh, Todoroki's perspective. He wants to pass on that technique for Todoroki to learn. But of course, he's ignoring him at this point. Um, Or as the people in his agency point out, well, he's in class. So he's just being a good boy, not, you know, texting on his phone in the middle of a lecture. So we cut back over to the third battle between classes 1A and 1B. And uh, a little bit of conversation happens between people. The uh, person who is the most talking is uh, Hononuki, uh, who basically assesses, OK, this is probably how these guys are going to attack us. Uh, they're He shows you to scout. Todoroki will be the, the uh, person at the front of their attack. Uh, And uh, if we stay grouped up in this wide open space and suddenly a giant wall of ice appears and starts covering them. Uh, It's, you know, as gigantic as it always is whenever Todoroki uses it. Although Uraraka notes that he has actually modified it a little bit so that he can actually keep a view of his opponents while rampaging over them. Uh, Meanwhile, while he's at the front of the attack, uh, Ida and Odro are... Uh, in the shadows preparing to uh, basically launch their branch attack. Uh, but all of a sudden, as Ida rushes in with his reciprocal burst, uh, Honinuki or Mudman, as his superhero name is, softens all the ice around them. And we get is we get an explanation of his quirk. In fact, we get an explanation of all of the quirks in this group, aside from Tetsu Tetsu, Tetsu which we knew already. Uh... Mudman's quirk is that anything he touches turns soft, uh, which seems like it's built up as the most powerful quirk in the group, um, considering that it just completely uh, overwhelms all of Class 1 A's team pretty much immediately. Uh, So the ice, you know, basically melts off of them. Uh, The perch that Ojiro had suddenly softens underneath him because... Uh, Honinoki had uh, laid traps essentially in different places before they got there, uh, so they are losing footfalls in all sorts of places. Ida tries to bail out Ojiro, and he and he can't get a footing because the ground collapses underneath him, and he starts falling into mud. So this guy got built up pretty quickly. He's just like, nope, you're trapped, you're trapped, you're trapped. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Uh, then we get introductions to uh, Kaibara. He has drills. He can make his body's drill. And then there's the po- there's Tsunotori, the horn girl. She shoots out horns. Okay. Uh, and each of the people in Class 1B seem to attack and pin down someone in Class 1A with uh, Tetsu 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 Tetsu. Uh, capping it off by just lunging through uh, Todoroki's wall of ice and just tackling him to the ground. And uh, it looks like Class 1A is on the ropes until uh, Ida suddenly just starts making this big heroic speech, despite the fact that he is buried up to his face in softened ice. Uh, and... Hononuki's like you're going to like you know run out of fuel if you keep on struggling fruitlessly down there and he's like nope, I don't have to I, I, apparently he's just overcome his time limit on his recipro burst now and uh, he says that he's going to go full throttle the whole time and he bursts up out of the ground uh, unleashing a new style that he is just that he has apparently created recently called recipro turbo so very action packed chapter, just kind of drops you into the middle of it. Here's stuff happening, 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 and uh, that's about it.
1: So I'm pretty pumped for the next chapter because it's been a while since Ida has done anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel this team is unfortunately cursed to lose by the virtue of foreshadowing of uh uh whatever the hat face ice face dude. Uh, Todoroki so they okay. to get his new technique so i feel like that's sort of the setup here is like oh well he'll get stronger after he connects with his dad but this team has to be kind of the self-sacrifice in here to actually put like the intensity on there of like oh well they'll lose the next one and then it's all over so bakugo's team has to do it or whatever um but yeah I know, i'm still in this place so i just can't get into this arc for whatever reason these fights are kind of just noise to me right now uh
0: so you think that um It'll be one of those things where you know someone manages to defeat Turoki because of a particular weakness of his, and you know it's going to be like, oh, if only you could do X.
1: Yeah, like they the they set up that notion. He's like, I haven't learned that technique, and his dad's being like, oh, I want unless his unless he spontaneously develops it during the match, which is a possibility. Maybe that's entirely of being possible. Like, yeah. yeah, he'll just do that. Uh, but it just feels like. And maybe they won't go with the most obvious, but it feels like the obvious way would be like these guys lose, so that way class one B is down two to one, and they have to win out if they want to keep in it. But again, it's it's an art. Yeah, if they want if they want reason.
0: if they want to stay eligible for the Christmas Bowl or whatever.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like if they want to get a if they want to get the class pizza party, only one class gets it, and You have to win two, three of the best of five. I don't know, but I I just feel like that's the way they they, they structure it. Again, could be very wrong, but.
0: We shall see. Oh, well, we'll see. Yeah, I think one of the things I do appreciate about this one is that it's just like we're, by this point the audience is familiar with all the stuff that's going on, so it's just like, yeah, here we go. Just here's the quirks. Here's them fighting each other. Just drop you into it. So, uh, okay. So from there we are going to move on to Food Wars Shokugeki no Soma. Huh, pardon me. Sorry. It's chapter two hundred eighty-five. His last meal. So was not expecting this
1: chapter to be as emotional as it ended up being.
0: It, as established in the last couple of chapters, the current task that Soma and company, but they're not in this chapter. Takumi and Megumi did like don't show up in this bit at all. So uh, have to pass this old, retired, uh, former Kuisineer Noir uh, by serving him something, a meal fit to be his last which Soma is very angry about. Uh, and he says at the start of this chapter, he's going to knock some sense into this old man. Uh, we get some just general noise about this guy, more exposition about his past and stuff. Uh, Basically, whenever he acts like an old man who's senile and doesn't, you know, really understand what's going on, the bodyguard who is or slash um, arbitrator, I guess, of the test just thinks he's he may look old and, and play at being senile, but his tongue and eye for cuisine are still in prime shape. So and he's served exclusively as a Yakuza family's top chef through three generations of. Okay, okay. So he he was a badass. Gotcha. He's uh, awesome. It goes on for like two pages. And basically, this old guy is completely looking down all the chefs that have to appear before him. Suddenly, someone just shows up in front of him and is like, hey, you're talking shit, old man. Fuck you, you old fuck. (laughs) I do love this detail because the arbitrator tries to drag him away. He's like, you, You're not allowed to be here. And someone's like, you, you can't diss us. How dare you do that? And the guy's like, Why is this guy so strong? How can he just keep resist me? I'm taller than him. And I do like that uh, it kind of seems to be a recurring thing between him and Arena. They're just so stubborn that it doesn't matter that they are physically <laughs> inferior to the people around them, that they're just so angry about the situation that they go on a rampage about it. Or when Ariana was tied to the chair and she was like, fuck you, I'll take you on right now. <laughs> I'll kill all you motherfuckers. Uh, anyway, so finally someone gets uh, rushed off and the arbiter is like, aren't you even worried that this is going to bias the judge against you? And someone's like, what? No, he wouldn't do that.
1: I wanted that like, eventually to happen where a judge is just like, I don't. I'm not going to eat I don't these. like I'm you. I'm just going to give you a fail.
0: <laughs> uh, Soma creates monaka sweet bean stuffed wafers seemingly, according to first glance. They look like Oreos stacked on top of each other into sandwiches, but I don't know nothing about what uh these are. So, to
1: me, they look like two Reese's peanut butter cups flipped over and made into a sandwich with something in the middle.
0: Yes. Did I say Reese's pieces I meant peanut butter cups. I think you said I'm Oreo. Sorry. Did I?
1: Um, I meant to. We might meant, all be having a stroke. I, Do you smell uh, burnt toast?
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I meant to say Reese peanut butter cup sandwiches, uh, as you did. That's what I was thinking of. And I probably just said the wrong thing uh, anyway. Um, but then again, I don't eat chocolate at all. So uh, they could be anything.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Nick's like, those are like spicy, right? <laughs> like spicy peanut butter cups. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, spicy peanut butter, eh? Asian dish, yeah. So, uh, the old man says like, oh, you think that, that the only dish fit to serve me is some tea snack? Fuck you, kid. All right. If I'll poop a- in your goddamn house. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'll, <this> cut, is- <laughs> I'll cut holes in your socks and fuck <laughs> your dog. What? What? Weirdly specific threats. And break
0: into your house at night and wreck up the place. <laughs> Um so the guy perceives it as an insult and someone just says, like, alright, if you've got that much energy left, then this is gonna be perfect for you. Why don't you eat it? And so uh the old man digs in and suddenly it's like his mus he's on steroids, Chris. Oh my god, his blood's pumping, his muscles are expanding and pulsing with energy and life. You think someone was just like, I slipped so much Viagra in there? Yeah.
1: <laughs> I gave him a heart attack. He can't <laughs> fail me if he's dead.
0: Well, yeah, but you can't get a passing grade with a He can't fail me if he's dead Just like, busy, stealing, like... Stealing, stealing the key out of the guy's pocket
1: Another satisfied customer <laughs> As he's literally just putting dirt on top of him He doesn't deserve a grave in the ground
0: <laughs> I'm not dead yet! Fuck off, old man
1: Sounds like you need more peanut butter cups <laughs>
0: The secret ingredient is rat-poisoned. It's like stepping on his neck. <laughs> Swallow it, old man! You heard me. <laughs> Fuck my dog, will you? Why well, something to fit to be your last meal, huh? Uh, Soma explains that the supposed tea cake is actually filled with Ankimo monkfish liver. I don't know what that is. It
1: sounds Uh, horrible, but everyone else is like,
0: "Mm." Oh,
1: Oh, so succulent. (laughs) So delicious. I'm like, I guess I'm just not a fish guts guy.
0: He apparently trimmed and deveined monkfish liver and then salted it to remove its fishiness. Okay. I don't know what that would taste like, so I'm sure it tasted good. Somehow, (laughs) I believe you, um, the old man is like, "Oh, it's so delicious! I love my new muscles." No, 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 Wait a minute! I'm not actually muscled. This is a dream. Anyway, oh, I'm so hungry now. I wanna, I wanna eat more. Why is this happening? And Selma says, "This is item number forty-four on the Yukihiro Family Restaurant secret menu." That's right. I didn't even come up with this recipe.
1: <laughs> I saw it online. It looked really good. <laughs> I, I just googled, I just googled a yummy looking dish to use. I looked up online, they had something called the Philly taco. So I just wrapped a cheesesteak and a slice of pizza, and now you're eating it. Huh? Bon appetit. I just got. I just ordered
0: this on Grubhub. <laughs> <laughs> you have to pay the driver's tip.
1: Yeah, you. I didn't put a tip on there, so unless you want us to both look like assholes, you need to tip the guy. <laughs> Which, by the way, has <laughs> happened to me recently, too. Wow. I got. I had to drive, like, 15 miles to get to some guy's place to, like, drop off the food. He gave me the wrong address, so of course I had the awkward, oh, op- and put on there, knock on the back door, so I look like a creeper, like, knocking on some old lady's house, and she's like, hello? I'm like, oh, you're not the one who ordered this food. Eventually I get to there, and he's like, oh, man, I don't I don't have any money on me for a tip, but if you come back around here, I'm going to get you. I'm like, I'm not driving 15 miles back out here <laughs> on the assumption you might give me money.
0: That sounds like a lame excuse, honestly.
1: Oh, I'm sure it was. He was already like... Oh,
0: I don't have any money on me now.
1: Well, he was bitching already. It's like, it costs so much to get delivery.
0: I'm like, you're ordering food 15 minutes away.
1: <laughs> what are you expecting, dude?
0: What? The cost of, there's a delivery fee? What's that? <laughs>
1: It costs money for goods and services. <laughs> and somehow I'm the
0: asshole. Money can buy many peanuts. <laughs> uh, so at this point, now that the guy has thoroughly enjoyed the dish, Soma goes into lecture mode and he says, what the hell you mean last meal? What are you doing asking for something like that? It doesn't matter if you're normal or a noir. To all chefs out there, cooking is a vast and endless wasteland that stretches out further than anyone can see. And anybody can go out and explore it for their whole lives. So if you don't have the strength to stand and cook anymore, look at all those good, healthy teeth you've got left. That means you can still taste and enjoy all kinds of dishes. So why are you acting like you're going up and die tomorrow, huh? All of a sudden, the guy is just like dead.
1: (laughs) She's just like, oh, there goes my ticker. Boom, right into his fucking
0: peanut butter um, cup dish. I'm coming, Elizabeth. (laughs) So
1: Oh, he's Macho Man. Oh
0: (laughs) damn. Not what I was referencing, but back to you, Elizabeth. Not what I was referencing, but okay. (laughs) Uh, now someone does actually deliver this kind of little touching short little speech, which is hey, I know everyone's gonna die eventually. Uh, so if you you know feel it actually coming to yourself one day, you can come to my restaurant and the dishes I'll cook up for you then are the only ones fit to be your last meal. But this dish right here, just consider it the start of that one. So that's a sweet little thing. I that's think. very,
1: very much so. Like uh, when you can place like an actual emotional benefit to a lot of like their food. And that's the reason why it's kind of like a successful deal. It's it's going to be a much more interesting sort of thing than just like. Wait a minute, he made
0: chicken stock out of chicken bows. <laughs> <laughs> we are never going to let that die. <laughs>
1: like, it's just a much more interesting thing when he's just like, and he doesn't know the reason either. Like, they specifically no. know it after this. He's like, he had no idea that this guy was gonna kill himself after this. And oh. like, we didn't know that logic going in when he gave like a passing score to all the noir chefs either. They were just like, hey, here's a really fucking good dish. And he's like, that's great, pass or whatever. Like, it's, it's just a more interesting thing when someone's just like, I don't think you're actually dying, man, so I'm not going to cook you your last meal, you know? When you yeah. when you actually want to, do it, man.
0: It's very, yeah. very sweet. So, I mean, he knew enough about the guy that it was like, you know, okay, so you think that you can enjoy this? Fuck you, you can still enjoy it, come on. Don't give up on your passion so easily. And, yeah, when you are actually going to up, drop dead some at some point, I will prepare you a good last meal. But until then, you know your life to the fullest and here's a dish to get you started on that that's a really and again a lot of like a lot of someone's best moments it feels very in character for him to be you know defiantly supportive <laughs> um you know like he does something good for someone but be, it's because he's just so bullheaded uh and you can't allow people to take a more pessimistic attitude
1: it's a it's a very good first note to start this sort of contest on. So mm-hmm. it's 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 nice to get this and not start off on something where you're like, eh, we'll see if it gets better later on.
0: Yeah. And as opposed to, yeah, you know, it's it, I think that it, we're hopefully going to get some stuff like this, which is, you know, so much perpetual optimism and ridiculous self-confidence going up against the reality of how harsh the cooking world is. Hmm. And yeah, we find out later after the guy passes by shooting his pop gun that says you pass for Soma, uh, that um, uh, the Yu-Gi-Oh villain guy uh, seems to know that the noir actually is carrying a second uh, pistol, a revolver that he is planning on shooting himself in the head with uh, tomorrow. But because of his encounter with Soma, you know what? Maybe he won't actually use it, and he'll actually experience this world. And uh, he's actually learned something from Soma as a result of this whole experience. And uh, just to wrap things up, uh, we cut over to uh, An, who uh, reports to the leader of the uh, BGO, or GBO, I think, that um, uh, Soma has passed. And we see a little bit through the screen. I don't know. That, that looks like a woman through there to me. The long hair. Yeah. So
1: I'm trying to think. Are there any hugely notable female characters left to reveal? Is Aaron's mom dead?
0: I honestly do not recall. Let's see here. Wait, let me look that up real quick. Shook. Should...
1: Could also be Soma's mother, although I thought the implication was Soma's mother is that- Oh,
0: Soma's mother is probably dead. <laughs>
1: well, I thought the implication was also that Soma's mother was a normal person, too. That that was, like, where Jorichiro uh, was like, oh, let me send yeah, it yeah, to yeah. a family restaurant, because that's, you know.
0: I don't think it's been established if Aaron's mother is uh, alive or dead. Um, and it would make sense if she were part of this, considering that she actually is part of the Nakiri line. Mm-hmm. So. Hmm. Possibility. Okay. Uh, we're going to move on from there to Eden Zero. All
1: right. Eden Zero, chapter 18. Wind howls on the highway! Because it sounds like, like, I don't know, like an ACDC song or something. <laughs>
0: Or like, yeah, mm -hmm, something that a motorcycle, uh, some song about a motorcycle is going to start playing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like we get into this chapter, we find out like this dude as he fights is just like, uh, 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 Panama, So, Shiki is fighting the mysterious ninja-like guy, whose name we find out later as this chapter is Jin, so I'm not going to bother... Giving him a title or anything like that. He
0: has wind powers and his name is Jin. Yeah. Never heard that one before.
1: It, it's very, very, very fitting. Uh, and they have a bit of a fight. Not too or not to shiki. <laughs> <laughs> he's using some techniques. He's he's bouncing around, he's doing a lot of stuff. They, they basically exchange some blows. Yeah. And uh Jin knocks sh- uh shiki into like highway traffic. Yeah. And they start having their fight. On a truck, like, Shiki uses his ether gear to, like, hang onto the side of a truck. The guy's launching his missile, like, arms around. Uh, and then, finally, Jin uses, like, a giant, like, wind X slash thing. It's called a Sky Mech Ninjutsu Attack. Uh, and I assume it looks like it's pure wind that does, and I'm not entirely certain. But, again, his name's Jin, so it makes sense. Uh, and he makes, like, a giant cross slash sort of... Uh, scar on the highway all the cars are kind of screwed up by it Shiki actually has to kind of like save a guy well I guess he doesn't intentionally go out of his way to save him he's also on that car that's going to create over the side but Shiki saves a guy by basically like Captain America holding it so it doesn't fall over the side of it and stopping it there Uh, and then he's like hey dude don't bring innocent people into this and uh, Jin's like no I haven't I haven't secured our target yet oh I, I guess we have to go anyway. So he's like, I'm gone now. My name is Jin. If you wish to challenge me, find me on Gilst. Poof. And he vanishes.
0: He's Ninja like, vanish.
1: He's like, someday when the wind howls. Uh, what does that mean? He's like, it sounds so cool. Did Van Halen
0: sing that? But No.
1: <laughs> As the wind disappears, he's like, no. <laughs> like, that's like his, his whoosh sound. Uh, so. The, the Belia, I can't remember if that's her name or not, uh, but it's something back. similar like that. Uh, it's like, oh, this is going to be the best video ever. Thanks for saving me. And he's like, Speaking I don't of which,
0: If you go to the beginning of the chapter that you know, not counting the title page, there's the panel of her, you know, getting really excited recording the fight while she's mm-hmm. holding her B-Cube thing up. How does that thing record anything? Because she's covering the front of it with her finger.
1: I assume this is like a technology world and like technology is supposed to be more advanced and maybe it's a device that records in like a spectrum around it or something like that.
0: If Uh, it turns out that she has ruined her chance of making a great B-Cube video because she had her finger over the lens. That'd be fucking great. That'd be amazing. (laughs) She's just a fucking idiot. (laughs) If she doesn't have, you know, a team of five people helping her out that she's actually incompetent and can't produce a video to save her life. Yeah.
1: Uh, The whole encounter sort of ends with uh, Jin, uh, not Jin, Shigi left with Pino, and he's like, hey, uh, I gotta scream something real quick. He just screams into the air, ninjas are awesome! We cut back to the shooting star guild, or shooting starlight guild, rather, and the uh, guild secretary, I think was her position? Right, 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 right. Uh, It's like, oh, wow, we haven't seen Rebecca in a while. It's It's been a bit. And then Happy shows up, and Happy's... Kind of fucked up. His it's aug-
0: such a little bit, uh, just, yeah, it's like, it's an bad. Missing, one ear is
1: missing. It's like a chunk of his head has been ripped open, and you can see like the circuitry and gears inside. And, uh, he's like, fuck, yeah, we were in the Guildmaster Zoom and we were attacked. And the next thing I knew, Rebecca and the Guildmaster are gone, so I don't know what to do. And, uh, as if on cue, as though that, like, triggered the next, like, oh, sequence, sequence initiate Next, next step in the video game cutscene. <laughs> Uh, the video comes on to be like, multiple people are being kidnapped. If you're a B-Cuber, do not go outside. You know, stay safe. And Chiki's really angry and he uses his gravity power unintentionally, to, like, crush a pool table. And I'm like, I hope you're planning to pay for that because the pool table didn't kidnap your friend. So... <laughs> I
0: mean... Yeah, can you imagine? Like, <laughs> like, ah, yes. Once a... Once a cute B-Cuba tries to... St- tries to stand near me. I don't... Uh, but I don't really have any appendages, but I'll kidnap her somehow.
1: Yeah. She'll, she'll chip and fall into one of my pockets and then I'll <laughs> hoist myself upwards and shuffle out with my
0: very mobile legs.
1: <laughs> uh, they also note that the, specifically, they believe that the, the group that's working there is over on Gaust. Uh, so that's where Cheeky's like, ah, gin. uh, and then we see a, a new character, someone we haven't seen before, who is in kind of like a kimono of some kind. Uh, so well, yeah, it's half of a kimono. Well, to be fair, the first shot we see is her butt, because yeah. of course it is. And her kimono conveniently splits at that part. So you just see, I guess, whatever her thigh. underwear or whatever. Yeah, you just see. Yeah, like, it's it's, it's
0: essential. It's essential that heroes show us that she's got a thigh gap. Yeah. So,
1: But what's more interesting to me, that kimono has like a like a leaf pattern on it that is 100 percent pot leaves. There's not a and, thought in my mind that this is not a chick that is wearing a pot leaf kimono. Well
0: which, and look at her look at her expression too. She's so zoned out right now. <laughs> but, whoa,
1: Eden, Eden zero, zero. <laughs> oh, I wonder how good the gaunches are. Oh <laughs> but I don't have to get into the fights I realize I forgot my parents <laughs> So it's this weird thing where we're like, okay, this is a character, I guess, to keep in mind. Because then we cut over to Rebecca, who is on board a ship. She's kidnapped. She's she's tied up. She's with a bunch of other girls who are all crying and sobbing because they're all being kidnapped. Because it wouldn't be a hero arc if there wasn't, like, some sex slave subplot to it. Uh, and a bunch of guys come in and are like, hey, be quiet in there. Crying ain't gonna get you out of here. You girls belong to the great and powerful sister now. Uh, and we see Jenna's there among them. Uh, along with, I don't know, a tall guy who has no chin, and I don't I think a Russian robot, it just goes, Moskoy! Mm.
0: <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know what that is.
1: <coughs> what, is that a phrase of some kind? Actually, hold on, let me look this up, if that actually means anything.
0: And he's got a black circle where his belly button would be, and there is a freaking don't push warning over it.
1: I don't know. Nothing seems to come up when I type Moscow. There's a city in California called that, but in my mind, it's like, I don't know, it sounds so Russian, and I'm like, is he supposed to be Russian? (laughs) Also, I like how he seems to be a robot, but it looks as though they still designed for him to have very large bosoms. Like, like you're like, I want to build a fat robot. Uh, But that's essentially all that they do. Um, There are some interesting stuff to maybe get into, The guildmaster was supposedly kidnapped as well. So is it one of the girls that we kind of met here? Is the guildmaster in on it? Like, you know, there's some interesting stuff to kind of get into. I don't know who the pot leaf kimono lady is supposed to be, but I don't know. Maybe she's going to be significant. We don't know where Weiss is in all this. Um, Some interesting stuff going on. It's just uh, it's one of those things that's kind of hard to get into when you're like, this is such a hero standby of like, yeah. how about one of the female characters gets cat- kidnapped and is maybe made a slave of some kind, or I don't know.
0: Also, the fact that all the girls are tied up. Uh, yeah, we get it. We get a hero. You like bondage. All right. <clears throat> uh, there is no jump start or Boruto or anything, so uh, we never learn.
1: Oh, shit, right. <laughs> I always forget that. Nick, are we supposed to be alphabetical? No. (laughs) Damn. All right. Hold on. Let me open up. We never learn. Question 85. The Star of Ultimate Love and the Name of X. Part 1. All right. So we're into at least another more than one chapter miniature arc of some kind. And we open up with Fumino, who's in her house, and she's looking at a letter, and she puts it down on the table, and we see that it reads... Parent-Student-Teacher Conferences. So we cut away to the next day when these conferences... Well, I don't know if it's the next day, but it's the day of the conferences. And uh, we see Uega with his, uh, his mother and their teacher. And, uh, of course, the teacher is complimenting the fact that Uega's mother looks so young and pretty... And uh, she's like, oh, please, it's not. She's like, mom, you're embarrassing me. But then <laughs> it's like all good things uh, because they're like, you've been working really hard. You're on course for the VIP recommendation. He kind of, which his mom off.
0: doesn't know about. Yeah.
1: Yeah, And he brushes off. He's like, oh, it's nothing. <clears throat> uh, and they're like, oh, you know, with your grades, you could get into any number of programs. So what's what's your top choice? And yuega's like, uh, which one gets you a is best for getting you a good job and earning a good living? I don't know why it's hit me very hard. Maybe it's because I grew up kind of poor too. When the mom's just like, wait, are you concerned about money? And he's like, no, 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 whatever. And she's like, Hey, you know, I don't know about the programs or anything like that, but you know, don't let your family, you know, I don't want you getting your concern for your family, dictate your future, you know, whatever you choose, I'll support you. So don't compromise your most important uh, choice. And this is sort of complimented by her also looking out the window and being, very, very like embarrassed by seeing like not embarrassed, not I
0: embarrassed. Just, she's excited. She's very
1: excited rather to see a bunch of like young kids kind of like being affectionate with one another. She's like, "Oh, they're holding hands. Ah, oh, those ones just kissed." So then, Fumino shows up, and she's like, "Oh, hey, what's going on, Yuiga?" And uh her mom already has a nickname for, her, which is like, "Oh, Fumi." Uh, and she immediately just bolts. She's like, "Bye, later. I love you guys." She wants to, I guess, try to hook them up. I don't know. Uh, And Uwega's like, yeah, that's my mom. She's uh, obsessed with romance. And Uwega realizes that moment, I think like all of us did. They're like, oh, hey, wait, your dad's like a big thing for your character. What's up? And she's like, he's not here. Uh, I didn't, you know, he uh, suddenly got sick. So uh, I don't know. And uh, Uwega's like, hey, does your dad actually support what you're doing and everything? She's like, sure. (laughs) Of course so. (laughs) Uh, And we cut outside to Ogata and Sekija who are talking. And Sekija's like, how was your conference? And she's like, it was fine. My dad was annoying, though, so I threw him out (laughs) partway. Like, this poor dad. (laughs) Just constantly getting no love from his daughter.
0: Because he's suffocating (laughs) her. (laughs)
1: such a clingy dad. I just feel bad for him. He loves so much. Uh, And... There's a moment that,
0: by the way, Ogata gets so much <laughs> the short end of everything in this chapter. No one will leave her alone.
1: <laughs> so immediately they're kind of encountered by someone who's like, oh, I was looking for you. And then uh, Uega and Fumino show up and we see it's the math teacher from the school that Ogata and Uega checked okay. out. And
0: <laughs> So a couple of chapters ago when this guy came up, I would never have predicted that he would even show up again let alone what happens with him.
1: So the teacher is there like, it's not too late, please reconsider. You were born to unravel the essences of mathematics, the true heart, to give a reason for why people would study Babylonian math at college grade level. You can solve this. Uh, and everyone's like, oh yeah, it's a teacher from there. And apparently this teacher has been continuously trying to follow them. And Seki has, like, he should have at least spent two years just sneakily taking photos of her first. Now you're talking. <laughs> like, and Duega's like, you're talking about yourself, and that's not cool. You shouldn't be taking photos of someone without their consent, even if it's your friend. That's wrong. <laughs> and everybody who saw this was me, like, Pizza Bat, Pizza Bat Nick.
0: Uh, there's nothing there for the kids about, though. Honestly, if anything, that just, because, like, then you're saying that the math teacher is romantically interested in the Ogata guys. It's, you know, equating their obsessions. Come on.
1: Uh, but then, this is all interrupted when Fumina's like, Dad? And I like that Joe's like, maybe his name just sounds like <laughs> Dad! <laughs> and everyone's like, Oh, Let's dad. take
0: everything that Seiki just says at face value because clearly she understands what's going on inside of her own head. I,
1: just, on, I, I love the, uh, the situation though. I'm just like Dad? No, his name just must sound like Dad. <laughs> That's like, the obvious response. Like she must have been stupid and said the wrong thing and it sounds like <laughs> uh, And her dad gets up and is like,
0: oh right, you go to this school too. <laughs> this guy's such an asshole to his daughter.
1: And he gets up and they realize that, yeah, this is Femino's dad. He's a math professor. And uh, everyone's uh, a little kind of shocked by this because it's like, oh, it's a kind of big revelation. Uh, and they also note that their his late wife was also a math teacher, I believe. That's the mm-hmm. situation there. So it kind of yes. gets awkward. So there's a moment where Femino's like, huh, I mean... You know, I'm a bit surprised the conference is over, so I didn't expect you to come. So you did read the letter about the conferences? And he's like, no, I have no idea what you're talking about. Anyway, I have no intention of participating in conferences. There's no point discussing it. And then he grabs the like the letter that Firmino was carrying. The manila
0: like, folder.
1: Yeah, and has all of her information on it. And he looks at it, he's like... I knew it. You're still stuck with your childish dreams. You can't go into science. You don't have the slightest inkling into the heart of mathematics. You're not fit to study the field. At least you're better at literary subjects. You should do that. That's all I have to say. And he turns over and he goes back to kind of like, you know, being super happy about, oh God. He's like, but you, with your potential, we can solve the mysteries of the cosmos. You and I together. Uh, so she grabs her, uh, Firmino grabs her dad and is like, you guys get out of here. He loses all rationality when Matt's involved, so they head out. Uh, and Firmino's just like, you care more about your obsession with math than your own daughter's dream. And, you know, Uega, of course, as the ever persistent, like, mediator, here is like, oh, hey guys, how about we calm down? And he's like, I'd hardly call it a dream. More like an ignorant, inept fantasy of yours. I have no intentions of paying tuition for such folly. If you refuse to respect my wishes, you're welcome to move out and do whatever you want to on your own.
0: Shit! Damn, that's cold.
1: And of course, it's uh, she's a teenager, and as they, I was going to do that anyway, Dad!
0: <laughs> Fuck you! As the authority figure,
1: you've expressed something they don't like, so their immediate response, is like, "Fuck you, Dad! Fuck you and everyone you know!" Look at how short my skirt is, Dad! Fuck you! I'm going to leave anyway, and I'm never going to come back. I'm going to start doing heroin. Like that
0: so uh, far. maybe don't do that.
1: <laughs> I'm going to start stealing cars. <laughs> I
0: already stole one, actually.
1: And I'm going to change the Netflix passenger. I'm not going to tell you what it is now.
0: I pay the Netflix fee, so yeah, that's not going I to have work. Netflix
1: on my phone, so I can change the passenger for you. You can't.
0: I'll just call up Netflix support. I'm the one who pays it. You're not going to be able to access it.
1: Shit! Well, fuck you!
0: I'm not going to pay your cell phone bill either, so you're not going to be able to change the password. That's
1: fine. I'm going to throw
0: my cell phone in to the toilet then. He's like... Ah! How you like that? I'm not buying you a new one. Fuck you, Dad! He's
1: like, does not really hurt me? It's not my cell phone. Look at me, Dad! I'm cutting up all my clothes! I'm not <laughs> replacing them. <laughs> He's like, you just said you're living on your own. You have to buy your own clothes now. <laughs> like, shit. He has everything. Uh, so, Uwega tries to talk her out of him. He's like, no, what are you doing? Don't do that. She's like, don't try to stop me. I've already made up my mind. And, of course, the dad's doing It's It's awkward because I have neighbors who are literally having this exact same argument very loudly the other day where it's just like, fuck you, I'm going to leave. What are you going to do for money? You'll never be able to support yourself. You're just like, yeah. oh, man, it is super awkward to be on the side of this conversation. It's just <laughs> hearing it. Uh,
0: and Yuiga actually cares about the people involved.
1: I know. Uh, so Yuiga steps in. is like, hey, uh, how about she can stay with us for a while? And we get something that's very uncommon. For We Never Learn. Doesn't end with an entire one page panel strip at the bottom with a joke. It does kind of end with one uh, because it's you wake up being like, did I just say something really weird? Because everyone's looking at him strange, <laughs> but it's not the full strip of the bottom panel. That's We Never Learn.
0: I do like the expressions, uh, the expression of the the contrast of the expressions in the, on the last page. Uh, you know, Yuika just says something crazy uh, because he's trying to do something. And then we see Fumino clearly understanding how what the insinuations are for what Yuika just said. Mm-hmm. And then her dad's just like, what the fuck should happened? <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't like know how to react to this. <laughs> um, so, this is an interesting uh, um, turn of events. Uh, and I like I said I never would have expected that the random ass creepy weird math teacher from Ogata and Seikijo and Uika's college visit would turn out to be Fumino's father Um, I'm interested to see where this goes and uh, it's nice to see that we might be getting some uh, big character developments coming soon
1: absolutely I was very very on on board with this very excited
0: also her dad is just a tremendous asshole
1: I love that kind of just, like, just so irredeemably shitty person, too, where he's just like, I don't care about your dream. I'm not paying for your dream. At least do in, like, at least get into fucking, like, literary subjects. You're decent at that. Like, it's not even like he praises her for that, either. Like, she's Mm -hmm. supposed to be a super genius when it comes to humanities, but he's still just like, you're talented in that field. Why don't you do that nonsense?
0: You get the impression from a couple of lines that he says that there might be something else that he's not saying that he does care more about what she's got going on than he's letting on. But clearly he has failed parenting classes of every sort to not be able to properly express that. So It,
1: it very likely also probably ties into the fact that the the mother's passed and there's mm-hmm. probably some deep issues there.
0: Um, It could very well be, you know, because of the reasons the Fumi wants to get into this stuff. Yep. Uh, that's the why he's discouraging of it. So
1: I, I would assume so.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. We're going to move over to Dr. Stone. Time Z to equals... get
1: stoned.
0: It's Z equals 80. Humanity's strongest tag team. Uh So last time uh after Tsukasa got stabbed, apparently in the heart, but not in the heart. <laughs> He didn't get not, stabbed in the heart. Not
1: not in the lethal part of the heart, apparently.
0: <laughs> I mean, he got stabbed in the upper chest region. Um, So that spear apparently threaded the needle to not immediately kill him. Uh, Sakasa is uh, falling in the river. Senku has managed to catch up and uh, grabs the sand to try and stop that. But, of course, Yogi's just like, okay, bam, and just knocks Senku into... <laughs> So, yeah. Okay. Uh, and then jumps in himself. Uh, now, I don't understand why nobody went out goes after them because clearly there are people running up. Because uh, uh, Senku and Tsukasa wash up on shore, and Hyoga's washed up as well. And Yoga says that he actually tested this before. Um, he, you know, specifically tested the river to make sure that they would drift to a certain isolated spot, and he tested this by knocking Yo into it. Uh, so two things. One, again, why didn't anyone, you know, try and chase after them? Did they just think it's like, well, they're in the water.
1: Maybe they're trying to go by shore. I guess there is a level of danger that exists in just like choosing to drift through the water.
0: Mm hmm. Maybe uh, swimming's not high on the priorities for a lot of them. Although we know, I'm, I'm sure we know that we know that Kohaku can swim. So, yeah. Anyhow. Uh, so... I also want to say, in regards to the to this Yo thing, because we then cut over to Yo in the present, and he sneezes. And I like the the uh, double play on that because you know he sneezes because of the Japanese reason someone's you know talking about him, but also he fell in the river previously, so it's like, oh, did he catch pneumonia?
1: How dark would that be? Yo dies off screen because of pneumonia that they actually had a care for now.
0: Can you imagine at the end of all of this, they managed to defeat to Hyoga and Humura and, and and trap them again? They're like, huh, wasn't there someone else who helped them out? Yeah, that Yo guy. What happened to him? And just like, commands over to his corpse. There's flies buzzing
1: some, over it. For some reason, it's like his head in a toilet, too.
0: <laughs> Why is there even a toilet here? <laughs> it's been a rough day. Uh so uh, Hyoga says that he wanted to speak with Senku and uh, Senku is like, oh, OK, well, this is awkward. Are you confessing to me? I'm not interested in you. <laughs> I do like that. He actually brings up the detail. Well, I hate to break it, break it to you, but I'm married. Well, I'm divorced. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> you
1: know what? I'm not actually sure.
0: <laughs> um, And. uh." Hyoga says, like, listen, either you're going to cooperate with me or I'll resort to torture. OK. Uh, and he says that um, the reason that he was working with Sukasa to begin was because they shared the conviction that uh, the petrification that happened to humanity uh, was to cull the th- them, to, to thin the herd. And Senku says, like, that's ridiculous. Come on. Uh meanwhile he's just actually kind of buying time seemingly he's uh got um Tsukasa uh, around the the chest and he is seemingly applying pressure to his wound I think that's the impression of what's going on uh
1: he's trying to save him yeah
0: yeah Hyoga says that you know you know, look at this, you know, the earth cannot support a population of 7 billion the way that we're going. And what Sukasa sought was a utopia where nobody took from anyone else. But for me... I couldn't care less for such an idealistic fantasy because rev- I, because reviving incompetent fools would eventually mean they need taken care of. They would take from us. What we need is a true culling. In this new world, only superior specimens are meant to survive. So I'm going to gather all six of the infinity stones <laughs> and with my mighty gauntlet. <laughs> and he's like, and then with a single stab in my fingers, Shit, I can't snap. <laughs> I knew there was
1: something I never learned how to do.
0: Uh, that would have been... Imagine if it had been you were in it that way. And now... Yeah, wait, you wait, hang should on. have aimed for the head. It, hang on, hang on. It's really hard to snap my fingers wearing a golden gauntlet. <laughs> it's, hold on. I mean, look, if I get it really
1: close, you can hear it. I just can't always... I can't always do it.
0: Um, um, hang on Thor, hang on. What if I clap?
1: Uh, what if I does clapping work?
0: Uh hang on. Uh snap? <laughs> snap! Come on, that counts, right? <laughs> oh no! I
1: didn't have to snap for the other stuff I did. Why is it just this one? Why don't I just make a fist? <laughs> oh
0: god. So Hyoga says that this is only logical, and Sek like, yeah, no. <laughs> Well, actually, he says, sure, it's logical, but it doesn't get me excited. And he slicks his hair back and says, if the Earth can't support seven billion, then all seven billion of us just have to figure out a way. That's how science works. Well, not really, but I get your point.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a very idealistic idea of science, uh, but it's probably going to be only a very, very small fraction of that would actually be actually working towards a real solution.
0: So Hyoga starts menacing him with his spear. First, he cuts his uh, arm, his wrist binding off uh, and says, yeah, your science is magnificent. If Given enough time, I know you can create more nitric acid. But but you will say yes, because until you do, you'll keep losing fingers. And he like slices him across his his pinky knuckle and then both legs. As I said from the start, you don't really have a choice here. So basically, he's going to just, like, keep cutting parts of Senku off until he agrees to help him.
1: He's like, I mean, the only part I really need is your brain, so...
0: Yeah. <laughs> Rest if You of took the is the very disposable. Like, yeah. Uh, so Senku, of course, realizes, well, shit, this sucks. But he glances down and sees Tsukasa's hand next to his foot make a fist. And so Senku starts picking up fucking rocks from the ground and throwing them <laughs> at Yoga. Uh, he acts like he is, uh, you know, desperate... Uh you know, just like, stay away, keep away from me. Uh, and Yoga says, this is a really pathetic display after all. Uh, but one of the rocks that Senku throws suddenly turns into a bird. Uh, and it turns out that he was th- that the rocks he is throwing are petrified birds that he's poured some of the nitric acid on. So birds are just suddenly swarming Yoga. <laughs> he's like, oh, God, what's <laughs> <is> happening? <laughs> oh, oh! <laughs> Ah, something has feel like, wait, listen to the badass. Ah, birds!
1: <laughs> oh, they, they always told me I'd be defeated by birds. Ah, 3 whole pigeons! Ah.
0: <laughs> it's Somebody, like, show that picture to a friend of yours who does not read Dr. Stone and get them to guess what the fuck is happening. <laughs> this random guy with a fucking... Uh... Uh... Hannibal Lecter mask being attacked by pigeons. Uh, and this is enough of a distraction for suddenly Sukasa to come running up and smash him in the goddamn face, uh, knocking Hyoga's mask off.
1: It was a non-lethal yeah.
0: blow to the heart. Yes. He's like, oh, I have to pay you back for that spear thrust to the heart. <laughs> He's got the fucking bloodstain right over the right side of his chest. Whatever. He's the strongest high schooler, Chris. It's, it's it's very cool. Uh, Sukasa not only is up and capable of fighting, but he's capable of monologuing while he does it. Uh, as he says, to see my ideas realized, I broke the promise I made with you, Senku. Because way back in like chapter four or something like that, he promised Senku and Taiju that the two of them would never be in danger again. But despite that, he says, you kept your promise. Of course, he you know, helped him revive uh, Mirai and says, now it's my turn to keep my word about the ceasefire. And this time I meet it. you'll never be in danger again. From now on, I'll do the fighting. And the two of them kind of pose together with Sukasa standing guard in front of Senku. And Yoko's like, all right, a wounded lion and a boy who's never thrown a punch make for humanity's weakest tag team. But, they're like, all right, with yours, with my size and your strength, let's do this. And this someone, is getting exciting.
1: I want someone to be like, oh, no, the clones are still technically a tag team and they're pretty weak. <laughs> they are still employed. <laughs> is there like a new how long has JTG been employed that Zhao just runs for the colognes?
0: It's got to be them. Like, I mean, because I can't think of a single person that, you know, has not shown up on television for as long as they have for no reason <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, that's it. That's the chapter. Uh, Senku and Sukasa on the same side again for the first time in like a year and a half. So here we go.
1: Yeah, no, I, I'm very excited for it. It's it's like a cool thing. I, It is really frustrating that the dude took a spear to the heart and <laughs> the series that tries to be very scientific Thus far, no explanation has been given as to why he's not dead. Maybe they'll explain next chapter that when Senku was holding that wound, he poured miracle juice in it and that fixed him. Something like that will at least give me a reason to be like, okay. But if they don't give any reason, it is definitely going to be like, so, I mean, how did he survive a fucking spear to the heart? I get it. He's a strong guy. He beats up lions, but... I mean there's still the logic they, they still look through the logic out there that if they threw dynamite everyone's like oh I don't want to get blown up by dynamite because that would kill me or something like that so I have to also understand the logic it's like I hope I don't get stabbed in the heart because that would be bad for me
0: yeah oh you know you... <laughs> pneumonia uh, falling down a pit uh, dynamite yeah, sure, but stabbed in the heart, Come walk it off.
1: Man. Oh, yeah, come on, come on, it's, it's fine. <laughs>
0: like the like the old man from the Space Expedition, it's like, well, oh, come on, all you did was get stabbed in the heart, come on, be tough, guys, don't give up now.
1: I had to take a mildly cold shower today as I used the last of the hot water. And you don't hear me, bitch, you know, like yeah because we're all bitching. you. You took the last of the hot water took a We told you like- we were rationing it.
0: He's completely unaware of all the inconvenience he causes people.
1: <laughs> He's like, I, I'm sorry that we can't all have food. I want to see what happened when you put his floppy disk into a microwave. You blew it up. Oh, <laughs> well, it smelled like burnt floppy disk afterwards. No one's gonna want to eat that. I hated smelling it. <laughs> all right, oh, God. Let's talk about the seven deadly sins, Nick. Chapter yes. 287, The Prince of Darkness. And it's somewhat amusing to me that in a chapter title that is so edgelord, uh, it's not a very edgelordy chapter. It's actually uh, a bit more optimistic and comedic for a large part of it. Uh, so yeah. last time we had that big showdown, shall and Zeldris, and Zeldris probably was like, "I'm you're, you're going to get the full taste of what I can deliver. You're not going to be able to take it. So we finally get a revelation as to what it was that evil Melodious whispered into Zelda's ear that while back, and what it is is that Gelda's alive, and he explains that twenty year, twelve years ago, she awoke from her seal and fell into such despair of her fate that with you that she chose death and almost succeeded, so I sealed her up once more for until the right time. So, the implication seems to be that she sealed up. And that's kind of what's being held over Zeldrus' head, and that's why Zeldrus is so willing to be like, yeah, I'll make you the next Demon Lord, whatever, etc., etc.
0: Because So many dudes like uh being separated from their girlfriends in this series, man.
1: It's yeah, it's it's tough times for a lot of <laughs> for a lot of like relationships. One half of you ends up trapped in a void of time and space or some shit like that. Uh so Lunichell is Pretty cocky, actually. She's like, we goddesses will be the victor in this holy war. And Zeldris is like, ominous nebula. And Ludichel is giving no fucks as her hair starts to like flip forward. And then all of it starts to <laughs> get sucked oh,
0: into Oh, yeah. This is re- <laughs> this is really intimidating. Where he's is- like, oh, gosh! <laughs> and I love
1: this. Because he, like, sucks them in, then blows them back. And every character is ass overhead in the most undignified position like it's not like a cool like oh we're getting knocked like everyone's like oh shit <laughs> fuck
0: and then he starts to pull them back in we're like ah!
1: and, <laughs> yeah like he just keeps pulling them back in and forward and and like causing these explosions then and it's it's really kind of fucking with everybody uh we have this moment where like he starts sucking them in, and it's like Lutichelle like slamming her sword to the ground, just like ah!
0: no! <laughs> the most undignified position. Yeah, like,
1: uh, and they look back and they see that. Uh, Hendrickson, well, uh before
0: we move on, before we move on, I want to note that uh, fucking Eskinor takes care of this problem in the most badass way. He just digs his feet in and sinks to his knees in the ground. He's like, okay, I'm fine. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm a tree now.
1: Uh, and they notice that Hendrickson is, is flying and they're like oh no and they're like hey those two are fine and it's Merlin and they're like huh how are you doing it and they're like oh Merlin just keeps teleporting backwards every so often and she could just keep doing that because she has unlimited matches. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking love it it's such a great way she's like I just teleport backwards every so often <laughs> Uh, but they're like, yeah, well, she can't do that forever. Well, she can, but it won't do anything. You know, eventually they're gonna have to do something. We'll just, we'll fight the rest of them. So, Shell's like, hmm, you're such a handful to take care of. So, if you want me so bad, I'll come right at you. And she charges forward. And <laughs> <laughs> so just, just sends her flying backwards. And it's just a shot of her, like, in a wall, like, ow! <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> and they getting pulled back in. And so she lands on uh, Eskenar's back and uh, he's like, what are you doing? Go <laughs> <Cool> away! <laughs> like, I didn't land on your back on purpose. <laughs> and they're kind of bickering back and forth. So Merlin, or uh, Ludishel asked Merlin, like, what's up with his magic? And they're like, okay. So the way it works is there's kind of three attributes to his ability. One is it creates this force field with a powerful suction ability. It only works on living things. But... All of our physical attacks can't reach him and we're being un- uh, assaulted by an unknown attack. And in addition, we use some attacks and didn't hit him at all. So he must have some magical like protection as well. Something that's, that's, you know, blocking him that way. So neither magic nor physical attacks hurt at him. And he's just blowing us back and forth all the time. So I don't know. This is going to be kind of a tough fight. <laughs> Uh, so Lutarchelle's like, Escanar, assist me. He's like, no. And I love, <laughs> I love his like mustaches floating away too. Like it's just flying off his face. And he's just like, no. And she's like, what? He's like, yeah. Oh, ah, you're pretty stuck up. If you can boss me around. And she's like, what, what do you she's like He's like, I'm the lion sin of pride. Remember no, no, hang
0: one. on. You got to say it right. was that? Uh, I am the great lions in a pride. Escador, remember? <laughs> and she's just like, I'm the leader of the four goddesses.
1: Do as I tell you. He's like, no, you <laughs> might as well just be picking his nose. What happens?
0: And then I have gets to say, I have to say, I wish that pride had been around a little bit more often so that we could see this aspect of his character come up more. Because you would think with his general attitude about things that this would be happening all the time when he gets into combat. When someone asks him to cooperate, he's just like, I don't feel like it. Fuck you. (laughs) He's such a prideful asshole. Uh, But this is like the first time I I can remember him actually acting this way because, you know, he hasn't been in the entire series. Yeah. I I do just love, though, that he's just like, no. And then Ludichel flies off of him again. (laughs) (laughs) And Merlin's like
1: please be helpful and he's like okay (laughs) and And he's just like i thought you didn't listen to other people he's like merlin's a special case i have the hots for her (laughs) uh so the chapter ends with the full page spread of escanar kind of holding ludish and again i just love the fact that like you just see like their hair and everything flying towards it like even in a moment where it's not like a big deal you just see that constant vacuum effect happening And uh, he's like, so you have a good strategy in mind, because if not, I'll slug you. And she's like, yes, provided you follow my instructions. She's like, it's an interesting tag team right here. And I'm uh, I'm pretty excited by it. So I like this chapter. I don't know why. It's such a funny chapter to me. I don't know if it's all intended to be as hysterical as it is, but I just love how ungraceful the archangel leader the greatest ludichelle is and like every shot is her just ass overhead or getting slammed into a wall just as ungraceful as humanly possible
0: yeah um it was really satisfying to see her kind of get her shit pushed a bit during this chapter oh man yeah, this is this is fun. Um, I do like that she's like, all right, if she's pulling me towards him, then I'll just come go, go at him. Yeah, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, like, all right, you
1: want to bring the fight to me? And this next shot is her against him. Like, ow, fuck.
0: Oh, man. All right. Okay, move on now to the Promised Neverland, Chapter 109. Keep going with a special Halloween color spread uh, at the start of it. I do really like that, uh, you know, a, a bunch of the kids are zombified and you can see them attacking the the group said to kill them all, swarming them and eating them. A nice little uh, twist there.
1: Also, the Gracefield house is on the moon. Yeah.
0: Uh, so we first start off with uh, Emma's company who uh, have made it to safety. Uh, they take up uh, residence in the underground cavern beneath the trees that they uh, first uh, went through when they escaped from Gracefield. Uh, and Ray takes charge of everyone and says like, uh yeah, you know, we're going to live here for a little while. This is, this is my room. Uh, good luck to all of you.
1: No, I am going get out of my room. <laughs> so, like, it's a cave, Ray. We're all always going to be technically in your room.
0: He starts putting up signs that says, do not, do not enter Ray's room. Get the fuck out. Hate, like
1: Pink Floyd posters, despite not listening to Pink Floyd, which is something I found out my brother used to do when he was younger.
0: Well, put up posters, but not listen to them.
1: Yeah, like I was always like, there's uh, that Pink Floyd album that's like the two metal heads facing each other. And I always assumed that my brother listened to them and uh, just on a recent Super layers But then he's like, "Nah, I never. <laughs> I just bought the poster because it looked cool.
0: I can understand, you know, like if you have a dark side of the moon poster and, you know, you don't listen to them because that's just just such an iconic visual. But yeah, and pretty much any other is like, well, you just have a big poster and don't listen to them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ray tells everyone to go the fuck to sleep uh, and uh, Emma is kind of keeping watch over people and uh, is particularly uh, Chris, the little kid who was actually shot me uh yes yeah yeah you were sure I'm gonna die yay and of course she's worried about Lucas and Hugo uh, and she thinks that if something happened to them then it's going to all be her fault and she blames herself for everything that has happened to the group recently since Andrew uh, and everyone attacked them um and uh, she thinks you know also that she's just really scared of what's going to happen next and then all of a sudden, she looks up and sees Hugo there, and he's he's fine. And uh, she's like, "You made it. Where's Lucas?" And Hugo's like, "I ate him." Uh, he he says, oh, "He's fine. Don't worry about him." Uh, and uh, you know, says, "You know, is everyone okay?" Um, and then they start talking because you know she's she says like, "Oh, you know, the bullet grazed him, and Zach stopped the bleeding." But and Hugo says, "Emma, look, it's not your fault." Um. You know, she thinks, you know. To herself, this the decisions that she's been making recently, like if I hadn't let them go ahead, if I hadn't looked away, then this wouldn't have happened. If I had been more aware of stuff that was going on, I could have actually prevented this from happening. And you could just says, hey, do you remember what I said before? Is your decision correct? Pondering that and like I was wrong. Yes, it's important to make the correct decision or at least try to. But that's not everything, because none of us know if our decision is right or wrong in the moment. That's why what's important is after the decision, the effort to make the decision that you made correct. Even if the decision you made brings unfavorable results, what can you do from there? The struggle is what's important. And if decisions are everything, then life is just one big gamble. Believe in what you've decided and no matter what results from it, keep going. Then you and everyone will be able to change the world. And then it was like, wait, why are you telling me this? You're going to be with us, right? You're going to change the world with us. And Yugo just says, sorry. And Emma realizes, oh, I'm dreaming. Because, of course, yeah, Yugo did not make it out of that massive explosion that uh, he and Lucas set off.
1: She is fucked up by that, though. Like, that is a face of fucking, like, God, no.
0: (laughs) That middle of the page uh, expression she's making with the bleary eyes, yeah. So... How she's actually whether or not that uh, v- ring of her conscience is going to uh, hold her together remains to be seen because the rest of the chapter is actually from Yugo's perspective, especially cutting back to uh, his, not so much his past, but his immediate past, basically right before uh, MN Company uh, arrived. And basically we see him, you know, coming home from wandering the wastes, gathering stuff one day. And uh, he just thinks to himself, you know, I'm still alone. Every day is the same. I don't know what's going on. And he comes into the dining room. And for a brief moment, he sees all of his family there waiting for him. And then the room is empty. Uh, And just thinks like, I don't get it. Why? Why am I still alive? But then he remembers people telling him, you know, you have to live. I, and he just tries to repeat them to himself. I have to live. I have to live. I have to live. Uh, but he thinks to himself, you know, if we hadn't gone to Goldie Pond at that time, then I would have been having a party with you guys. We would have been eating these cookies together. Uh, so please forgive me. I have to go to your side. And he takes a pistol out. Apparently having taken it from the old man in the Food Wars chapter. I
1: was going to say, this, this was a, a week of jump with a lot of implied almost suicides.
0: Yeah. He actually does pull the trigger, but it misfires. And right at that moment uh, is when Emma and everyone enter the facility. Uh, and he thinks to himself, because I didn't die that time. I was able to meet you and see Lucas again. I avenged my family. I destroyed that hunting ground. I found hope this past year and a half was so much fun. I'm glad I lived, but damn it, I don't want to die. He just thinks that, you know, he's dying with regrets now because of this. Uh, But if I can protect them, I can die smiling. Fulfill your dream. Good luck, Emma. And that's when, we kind of catch up with what happened in the, the last chapter the explosion being set off and Emma rushes outside uh from where they're hiding and she sees you know the smoke trail of the explosion uh and then we uh cut to the afterlife apparently uh Lucas and Hugo arrive there Lucas has his arm back and they see all of the kids uh and their family waiting for them and uh Yugo says, I'm sorry, I came here earlier than I thought, and Dinah says, it's okay. You did your best, Yugo.
1: So, pretty emotionally heavy chapter, kind of, like, made, a, like, when you see, like, the opening chapter, you're like, yeah! Get in, get you all, you zombie kids! Let's, let's show them! Spooky Halloween! And you re, you're like, oh. Oh, he's dead, and everyone's very, very sad about this. <laughs> you know, like, this is a lot heavier than I was expecting, and, um... Yeah, it did, it did it well. I I still think there could have maybe been better pacing with how Andrew actually died, but this was, like, the right way to, like, to write it, to give more context to it, to just, like, put in there, like, how much Emma and all the kids meant to him. And I, I do like that notion, too, where he's like, I really, fuck, I really want to live, because I want to see you kids get older, and, like, I want to see the human world, but I'm okay with this, because... It, it's, this saves all of you, so I'm okay. and It's it's a very sweet sentiment. I like that.
0: I actually had a weird uh, negative reaction to this chapter. Okay. I think the chapter is quite good on its own, but it drove home something for me, which is that the Promised Everland doesn't have a whole lot of like characters that I would actually care if they died in it, despite its premise. All those kids in Emma's family, and if Chris had died, oh, well, you know, uh, it's it really, you know, doesn't kind of carry the same weight to it that at the beginning of the series where, you know, every single person was so important to Emma. And, you know, it's like, well, we lost two people. What were their names, Emma? Yeah, we
1: still haven't actually heard what those characters names are. So that's a pretty frustrating situation.
0: So... it. Like even Lucas dying is like that doesn't make a make a big deal to me. It doesn't feel important that this happened, despite the fact that it feels so important to Emma. So there's just that you know difference there that i not empathizing as much with her. I am upset that Hugo's dead. He was one of the few characters that I did care, uh, you know, about their fate, and, you know. But outside of him, there's like uh, Emma, Ray, uh. Isabel uh, Phil? You know? Kind mm-hmm. of on one hand. Even if Don and Gilda died, I'm like, okay. So I think that it's one of those things where the cast has been stretched out a little bit too thin with the introduction of all these characters and they just don't feel as important as to me as they do to Emma. So
1: Yeah. All right. Let's move on to Black Clover then, page 179, Battle for the Royal Chamber. So we open this chapter in the Vermilion Residence. If you remember, the various members split up into groups of three and headed on their own ways. And the one group was Mimosa, Kirsch, and N. And I am stunned I remembered all three of those characters' names. In fact, I am very proud of myself for that. So uh, we see that... uh, Kirsch is using, basically, they're all using the combination of all the different magics to make it so no one, none of the bad guys can see what's happening. And it can help that the innocent people who are inside the servants and everything are guided out that way. Like, you know, ends, mushrooms are weakening everybody. The the uh, cherry blossoms are concealing them. And most is using her magic to guide people out. So it's, it's a very effective team for evacuations that are like, yeah, we're doing it. And then some guy, I don't know who he is. Most of these characters don't have names at this exact moment here. I think this guy actually does give himself a name at some point. I don't care. He shows up and he's just like, hey, what's up? And they're like, how did he find us? Yeah, he says, B- he's he's Baval. Uh, so they're like, whoa, how did this guy find us? And he's like, oh, come on. No point in squaring off to fight right away. Let's have a chat. You know, it's come on. I've been resurrected. Kind of want to talk to people, have some fun. What's going on? What kind of music you guys listening to? <laughs> Uh, and he's just like, yeah, I mean, you kind of had to realize, like, all this powerful magic coming here, you know, something's going to happen. Uh, and there's even more strong magic right over there. So, you know, take it easy and just give up. I mean, I'm amazing. But the other guys, who knows? Yeah. So, uh, man, it does take me back. Can't wait to see everybody.
0: <laughs> like, I, I love this guy. He's like, he, he, this is basically the Askenak Levar of the Elves. So. He's
1: just like, what do we, like, I mean, yeah, I'm going to kill you. Like, it's going to happen. Just give up, though. And, like, anyway. just have fun. Yeah. <laughs> like, on, guys, let's not make a thing out of this. Uh, so he's like, yeah, you know, the king's tenacious and everything, but we'll see. And he's even thinking, like, if he uses that particular magic to kill, then even survival is not possible. We cut over to the king's throne room as one of his mages just gets fucking erase like the the mage protects himself with like a bubble but the entire ground is eviscerated and it looks like something else even gets him like he, there's this black goopy magic kind of overfalling over man it's just his clothes ripping off as like space time is ripped apart uh, yeah. but that dude's probably dead and if not he's very fucked up because he's just about to fall into a giant hole uh and uh, the queen is like Langris, darling. What are you doing? And the king's like, "Ah, you see, I can't do that voice. I have so much more I have to do later. You have
0: to, you have to, you have to, you have to do one line of his. I think. And I can I really. I'm I'll do it later. More,
1: yeah, do it or something because I can't fucking do this voice the entire time. I'm gonna have a rough row at the end of this. Uh, and the queen's like, "Yeah, that's right. Our Langris would never do something this idiotic. It must be some kind of mistake. And." uh... <laughs> The king's like, where are the other knights? What is Julius doing? He dead, brah. And he's like, very well. I'll show you my own magic. Light magic! Absolute welcome to my brilliance! And there's a giant light visage of him. And he's like, what do you think of this godlike spell? Gravel before my authority! <laughs> and he's just like, I know.
0: Okay. I, I pray to God that, like, this is the only thing that that spell of his does. I was going like, I was like, does it do anything? Or <laughs> it just summons an image of itself holding a scepter, and then it just stands there. And
1: it's just like, your move! <laughs> 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 and, and they start attacking him. He's like, no! What about my spell? Ah, how do you think of that? I summon my thousand
0: eyes Idol in attack
1: mode! <laughs> Like, it's, it's it's somewhat significant. Like, the king has light magic. They establish, like, that's a really powerful magic. And I love that his is the most worthless, pompous, showy magic humanly. <laughs> he's like, no, peasant! Grow for me! And was <laughs> <just> like, <laughs> Uh, So he's like, oh, no! And Langer's like, I'm going to kill you fast. Oh, no, I won't kill you fast. I'm going to start with your legs. Uh, a lot of then... torture in this <laughs> week too. <laughs> yeah, a lot of this. And then uh, the the woman who I believe is the the love interest, not love interest for Langris, but the one who is betrothed to him. Uh, there was a whole thing with Fin. Uh, Finroll. Well. Actually,
0: I think he, she was supposed to be betrothed to Finroll. I can't remember. Uh, it's something like that. There were there was some. She's like... intertwined romantically with both of them. Yeah.
1: So she's like. Please don't do this. If you do, both you and the precious, one, uh, the one precious to you will end up grieving. And he's like, fuck off! And he throws her. And he's like, Argh. And he goes to, I think, just eviscerate her from reality when it's blocked by uh, Finroll who shows up and uses his magic to block it and he grabs her. And he's like, I'm your older brother! And uh, this whole thing, he's like, oh, what are you doing here Miss Finnis? Uh, why are you here? <laughs> and i don't know i like, i don't know which one it is but one of the other ones like immediately cock he's like hey fenro you big stupid loser chop trying to look cool it's probably yummy i like great bob in the chat lady McLadyface face is like <laughs> 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 and they have their big cocky thing where he's just like you know we laid out every shiny person in this castle except for you probably go quicker if Uh, Hold on, it's really small and I don't have my glasses on So I had to read it But they both have stupid insults for each other If tall and scrawny over here had gotten serious It would have gone better And again, Jack the Ripper Is like, (laughs) you're the one who kept dragging your
0: feet The heroic Jack (laughs) the Ripper
1: It just always amuses me that like A real life serial killer is just used And he's like, isn't he cool? It's like, he murdered so many women (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, so there's a big thing, and they're, they're, they're trying, they're, like, they're going to attack Finn or use his magic to, like, teleport them super close, but, like, they, they get, like, buffeted away, like, uh, Jack's sword gets erased, and Yami's, like, cigarette gets erased, and they're like, holy shit, uh, and Finro or Langris, whatever name he's going by now, is like, sorry, but my magic automatically attacks anyone who attacks me at this point, so... That's the situation they're in. He's Gara, but instead of sand, it's a space time. Pretty much, yes. So, how do you get past that? Hmm. Hope somebody with negation magic doesn't show up to be an immediate counter to that. Oh god. But we also have somebody who can also just use his own magic of the same type to potentially circumvent it. That's a more yes. interesting scenario. Hopefully, that's the one they go with, and Asta doesn't show up to be like, Hu-ha! "Now your powers are worthless. Get them, boys." <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there should be running bets for how often that's the solution to the but that's the chapter
0: yeah um honestly like I am upset that Annalise is not here because uh this is such a great little funeral moment she would have freaked out so much of her funeral game to look cool uh I'm upset that she's not here well, this is a pretty good chapter overall honestly mm. Uh, it starts off a little bit slow, but uh, then the fucking the king using his stupid fucking spell. Happens. Um, and I do actually really like uh, this uh, Baval character, the one who the elf who was possessed, um, David, apparently. Uh, because, hey, he's an elf with an actual personality. Hooray.
1: Nick, the important question is, when are we going to get back and find out what happened to Benjamin Ben Funk?
0: (laughs) He got possessed. We need to know. (laughs) I don't know. All right. Uh, We are going to move on then to One Piece. Chapter 922, Supreme Commander Kaido of the Animal Kingdom Pirates. Last time we found out that Kaido turned into a dragon. No big deal. Mm-hmm. This giant fucking Shenron-looking dragon. Is. That's what he is. Yeah. Uh, everyone is just kind of reacted to this at first, and uh, Momonosuke in his dragon form goes "oh," and Kinemon goes "oh," ah! and um, I don't really know what this is. I it might be that Momonosuke is upset that he takes the same form as kaido it might be that kaido just looks scary i don't really know what the fuck it is exactly maybe he's just maybe it's because kaido killed his family basically
1: i'm sure there's a level of that like maybe it's just the trauma of seeing him but uh i wonder also if there's some element of if you have a smile fruit replicated off of what the actual one is if there's some element to that that maybe plays it play. mm,
0: it's because it's because uh, Kaido is the alpha like established in How to Train Your Dragon 2.
1: Yeah, exactly. I haven't watched any. Yeah. Yes.
0: Uh so everyone's wondering what the hell is going on here. Uh but Law says like, "Oh, it's probably because uh Zoro and and Straw Hat and I blew our oak cover over there." <laughs> um and Chopper says, "Ah, it must be Luffy's fault." <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Um, but Law says, "Listen, our cover is not completely blown. You know, they just know that we're here. They don't know that all of the straw hats are here." Um. Uh, and they kind of recap a little bit of information. Meanwhile, Luffy has run off to go and confront Kaido because he's a big jerk, and that's what Luffy does when there's a big jerk around. He goes to punch it in the face. So Law just says, "No, no one else go after him. I'll I'll go. That way, we won't blow our cover anymore since I'm already you know uh, out here." So Stra has gotten involved with people here. And if he starts acting out of emotion, it's going to affect the plan. So well, let's just control ourselves. Don't show yourselves in public. And he immediately teleports himself away using his devil fruit and like switches places with a distant rock, which is a really cool uh, little utilization of his abilities. Like, now I'm just going to switch these two and teleport. Uh, and uh, meanwhile, in Bakra town, everyone's like, oh shit, Kaido's here. Why? So
1: very dangerous
0: <laughs> everyone looking up at him and saying oh fuck run away and uh, then Kaido says oh shootin Maru I remember you <laughs> anyway he suddenly acts
1: drunk uh, like, yeah, well yeah it passes the past, you know it's, yeah, worth me I you Only... wait for
0: you but I, it's worth for me it was, Oh, like, a <laughs> He's just saying all this stuff while shooting is running the fuck away.
1: like <laughs> I think he's just like casually floating behind him. he's just like, bye. I like your shirt. you where'd you get that? I mean, I've been like I've seen a couple stores you know, malls, but you know, it's like...
0: <clears throat> and throws up a fireball.
1: <laughs> it just vomits on the house <sighs> He's like just you know what I'm saying, like, have you seen like at World's End, like it's not as good as Shaun of the Dead, you know, but it's still pretty good. <laughs> Some good moments in it. It's solid, you know. Like it improves, like on a technical scale. I I don't know if it's as funny as it, which is kind of what I wanted. Where'd you go, bro? Oh, he's gone, man. I fucking I talked about movies again, didn't
0: I? Uh, I like that. It doesn't matter that he can turn into a massive scary dragon. Oda will still make a villain have comedic moments. Um. So Jack, of course, is like, Kaido, are you drunk? No, I'm not drunk, It's
1: <laughs> He's like, all I've been, hold on, is Smirnoff booze? Because <laughs> I've been eating trucks of Smirnoff.
0: You've been eating it? Ooh, yeah, I know. It doesn't taste good enough to drink it.
1: <laughs> oh, man, you got to pair it up with something, though. <laughs> so I ate a fry truck, too. I ate, like, a bunch of fries and some Smirnoff, and, yeah, I'm here.
0: Oh, gosh. So Luffy is racing towards Kaido. Law catches up with him because he can teleport, apparently. And uh, oh- Okiku and uh, Kinemon are apparently chasing after them as well because uh, they're like the only ones who can actually show themselves in public, I guess. Uh, Basil uh, runs up to Kaido and sh- says, Hey, Luffy and-, and Law are over at the ruins of Odin Castle. And Jack's like, Is that true? And Kai is like, oh, just starts wandering off. And Hawkins says, uh, No, I lied so that he would direct his anger over there. Uh- Oh, i mean castle.
1: maybe you know i haven't watched the seven samurai in forever it's pretty good <laughs> if i remember
0: it is, that way. is castle still on nathan villian's doing a new show but he could do two shows can
1: do, he's so talented and versatile you know who else is really good david borealis like people <laughs> think of him as bones but to me he's always <laughs> angel <laughs> he blows up the castle and he's like I think he's like a marine or something now. I'm not as into that, but you know, old ladies gotta have something to jerk off to too. So. Do ladies jerk off? Oh, Moa. Do ladies not pee out of their vagina? I don't, I got conflicting <laughs> reports on that. There, are, how many holes are down there? Is this like just like Swiss cheese. I don't. Everyone's like Kaido. He's so terrifying. No one wants to correct him. He's got
0: such outdated views of women.
1: <laughs> I'm not saying I shouldn't be able to do anything. I'm just saying if I'm going in to get my car fixed, you know, I want a guy doing it.
0: <laughs> I don't want to do you know, I'm sure a woman could learn how to do it just as good as a guy, but you know, you don't want her to be under the hood and then suddenly it's her time of the month and oops. <laughs>
1: Like I'm not sexist. This is you know, like it's the same thing. Like if you go in a bakery and a guy's there, you're like, yeah. <laughs> you know, the dough might make him party and then he'll want to stick his ticket in it. Yeah, I've been there. I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we all had those moments. That everyone's what? like, Did oh yeah, the- totally, Kaido. Kind of. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, come on, have you ever been in a bakery? You know, you just say, I bake my own bread sometimes. Oh, just, you know, it's a fun hobby. You know? But sometimes the dough just gives you the fuck me eyes. And then he's like, oh, okay. And then you put your, uh, Next thing I know, uh, you know I've fucked a I fucked a loaf of bread. <laughs> you
1: know, it's just it's
0: one of those things.
1: You're in the bakery, you know, he said, and so you fucked a loaf of pumpernickel. It's just... <laughs> It's not wrong. It's kind of good. Am I right, guys? Again, everyone's like, yeah, Kaido. Man, you got it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm the pumpernickel, right?
0: <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, So this also, of course, allows shoot tomorrow to get the fuck away. Um, Although he also hears about what he's going towards Odin castle. Also, he he fucks bread. What is that? (laughs) Um, And Kaido just fucking launches a breath weapon at the castle and blows it the hell up. Just like without hesitation or mercy. It's exploded now. Um, And uh, Luffy is really pissed off by this because uh, he thinks that his crew are, you know, near there and uh, will have gotten killed by it. So immediately Luffy vanishes from Beside Law, leaps above uh, above Kaido and launches his elephant gun at the top of his head. And it gives you a really good idea of just the scale of what's going on here, because Kaido is fucking huge. His eyeballs are bigger than Luffy is, but somehow that shot of them together just is so comedic it's just like it's it's like kairu's got this goofy grin in his face and he's suddenly had his head deflated by this punch it's such a weird picture
1: he's like you know they say kirby yarn is for kids but <laughs> i, I found pretty hard
0: It's pretty tough <laughs> he doesn't even know that he's been punched. he's, in the head.
1: he's just like am i bleeding
0: <laughs> oh why is the ground getting bigger all of a sudden oh. <laughs>
2: Uh, I mean, I
1: love this. This is such a crazy end, like, of a chapter. Because they set these things up a lot of, like, Luffy, you can't fight this guy. They're too strong. And we kind of had this a lot. punch him! We had this a lot with Big Mom. Where I was just like, don't fight Big Mom. She's too strong. There was a whole deal there where they were like, you know, we got to run away. We can't do this. Uh, And that's what they were building up here. Like, Kaido's too strong. We got to build up our forces. We got to do all this. And then it's, like, the first chance Luffy has to encounter him he gets really pissed off because he thinks his crew's dead and he just fucking smashes Kaido. And I'm like, shit, that's how you end a chapter. Like I have to find out what happens next week. I have no idea what they do from here. There's no way they do the Kaido versus Luffy fight now. Like there's so much to get to. So it's crazy. It's what a really just solid way to end that chapter.
0: Imagine, like, Shanks is going to show up and reunite with Luffy, and Luffy's just going to like, ah, punch him in the head. <laughs> Bam. Punch, punch every one of the Yonko that he meets. <laughs> this was a fun chapter. Absolutely. All right. Well, that's going to do it, everyone. <laughs> yeah,
1: nothing left to talk about. Let's head on
0: home. Yeah. Uh, favorite chapter of this week, Chris. What do you what do you got? I yeah.
1: I'm gonna have to give it to We Never Learn. No.
0: Alright. Yeah.
1: Alright, let's uh, let's World, actually talk about the real final World Trigger's chapter. back. Yeah, World Trigger's back, everybody!
0: World Trigger. World Trigger
1: <laughs> I forgot <laughs> the chapter title is a osama Mikomo part 16 i fucking love world trigger because it came back and did not change a fucking thing like the artistry is a little bit better but it's not like we're back in the magazine guys let's go for a big debut i know last time we stopped we were like about to start something
0: but you remember you remember what world trigger fights were like yeah they were so cool it was like okay time for a bunch of talking and analysis all oh, right, that happened a lot in World Trigger. <laughs> yeah.
1: like, it's just like we're back in the magazine. Do we want to do anything even remotely exciting? To like, no, let's talk and strategize for an upcoming matchup for the entire chapter. Boom.
0: Honestly, though, real talk, there's one silver lining to uh, this whole uh, long hiatus that Ashihara was on. It is that it happened at the right time. Oh, yeah. Because this is, you know, Happening right when Tamakoma Tomb is going uh, through this like new beginning uh, and right before a big matchup. So we get to do what World Trigger does and cut around to all of the people who are involved, the people not just competing in it, but overseeing it, watching it, commentating on it. And you get reintroduced to like 30 characters in this one chapter uh, as you get back into it. And really... Gets you ready. He's like, "Oh right, okay, this is where whoever one is, and now I'm ready for the chaos that will ensue." Next chapter. So, good stuff. Uh, to begin with, so it's time for Tamakoma Two to have their next rank wars battle. The first one the Hughes will be participating in, and (laughs) Shiro is like, "Are you nervous?" And Hughes is like, "What? Who are you? Who do you think you're talking to? We're gonna fucking win." I love that, you know, then like Yuma's like, yeah, we're ready to go win. And Yotaro just says, and I'll be watching from here. That's Thanks, right. Yotaro. Good to know you'll be contributing. <laughs> um, everyone looks looks psyched. <laughs> Supposedly Chica is raring to go, but she says like nothing in this chapter. So,
1: <laughs> Hey, I mean, she's gonna do what she's gonna do. She's
0: going to be facing (laughs) Osamu, however, is uh, clearly a little bit nervous. And uh, Jin says, hey, what's going on? What's wrong? And Osamu says, I don't really get it myself, but I just can't shake this uneasy feeling. Like I've made the wrong choice at some point without realizing it. And now I'm worried. And I don't think I've ever felt Osamu more connected to him ever before than that feeling. It's like I forgot to do something. What was it? Damn it, I don't know. Now it's bothering me. (laughs) But Jin gives him basically a much briefer uh, version of the pep talk that Imaginary Hugo gave to Emma, which is just like, hey, listen, don't waver. Anyway, good luck. (laughs) That's it. It's time for the rank wars, which means it's time for a new commentary team, Chris. Man. WWE's had, like, five different commentary teams come and go since since uh, we last had World Trigger <laughs> to have a world uh, commentary team. Um, Yuitsuka from Katogiri Squad is uh, the main play-by-play person. I don't think we've really gotten anything from her up until this point, but apparently she has a bit of an established relationship with uh, Mia Squad's Inukai. Uh, Nino Squad is, uh, good. Yes. That's their thing.
1: I'm trying to even remember Katagiri's Kata group, and mm-hmm. it's not immediately coming to me. <laughs> this is uh, A we ra- ranks we haven't learned much about, I guess. Like, I'm trying to see if. I'm on the World Trigger wiki and it looks as though. Yeah, we've never actually seen Katagiri before. Um, mm-hmm. it looks like maybe there was a shot of him in an anime, but not actually shown up in the manga
0: yet yeah uh, and this is the first time they're actually really getting anything about yuizuka's personality at all uh, she has a little bit of a banter with uh with uh inukai who it's just such a weird thing actually because Yui Tsuka has apparently been scouting for new recruits and so Inukai's like did you find any hot dudes and Yui Tsuka says well we've been recruiting for middle schoolers so using the term hot dudes is a weird way to put it and Inukai's like sounds like you were on the hunt what (laughs) prowling through middle schools looking for dudes to pick up okay dude
1: (laughs) Hey, everyone hates Ninomiya Squad. <laughs> Except me. I love them. Go, Ninamiya. <laughs> Uh
0: Also, Arashiyama's there. Hi, Arashiyama. It's been forever, almost literally. Uh, of course, a lot of the kerfuffle uh, surrounding this rank war is that, yeah, Tamako has got a new guy on their team, uh, which uh, freaks out. Uh, God, how do you even say this, this name? Because I want to say his last name but whatever noboru from azuma squad is like they've got a new guy can they do that it's like yes why would you assume they couldn't what (laughs) um i do also like that their operator says like well it's nothing we wouldn't try if we wanted to (laughs) we can do that (laughs) but azuma speaks a really good attitude about which is just like hey you know gaining experience dealing with the unexpected is part of the point of rank wars good stuff I also like the old
1: Azum o- always fucking with the sage advice.
0: Yeah, I, I also like the, that. And Kage, you're surprised by the news, but instead of being like they could do that, he's like, he's just like they got a new guy. What the fuck? <laughs> Someone explain how this works. <laughs> well, they've got a new fighter. Explain it better. <laughs> um. Uh. And fucking <laughs> Yuzuru is just like the most Hitsugaya I've ever seen in which it's just like even up against an army we will win <laughs> um and then there is uh Susanari's squad there Kuruma uh says like huh they've got a new member okay uh and then their operator uh Yuka says well you never faced p- this opponent co so are you gonna be okay and Murakami's like huh uh, I, don't know. I won't know until I fight him. And then Taichi's like, I've got a dumb hat! I've still got a dumb hat! Look at me and my dumb hat! Uh, I so still, I still wish Annalise was here.
1: I <laughs> forgot how much you hated his hat.
0: His stupid hat! <laughs> it's fucking 80 degrees in here, Taichi! You don't need a fucking hat! <laughs> it's my personality! Without this, I'm nothing! <laughs> Look at my hat! <laughs> It's like fucking starburns from from a community. And he hated being associated with his with his starburns because he was like, I am a real person. I have a personality. So he started wearing a top hat in order to distract from his starburns. And then that didn't work. So he started coming to class with an iguana on his shoulder. He's like, stop paying attention to my starburns. Acknowledge who I am as a person. (laughs) It was just by adding more accessories. And then he killed himself because his the meth lab in his trunk exploded. But he didn't really die. Good times. Community is a weird show. So. um, It's revealed that uh, Susanari has picked the map, which is Cityscape D. And basically the entire rest of the chapter is everyone explaining, like, this is how this cityscape will affect our strategy.
1: I fucking love World Trigger. <laughs> it came back and spent, like, seven of its return pages being like, here's how a building works. Do you think that, like,
0: you know, in the months where you know, uh, in the months where Ashihara Sensei was injured, uh, recovering, sitting in his bed, occasionally, you know, it's like I, I can't just ignore my manga. I've got to look back, and I want it to be the best it can be when I come back. And he looks at you know the the name for the next chapter, and he's like. Perfect. <laughs> every thirty days, like he comes back to it, he's like, "Is there any way I could prove this?" No. This is beautiful. And puts it away. <laughs> should,
1: should I have them talk about the building more? No.
0: No. <laughs> it's, but not one iota less.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just love the notion that every so often he's like the Leonardo da Vinci who looks at it, he's like, "No, this is perfect," and he folds up his manuscript again, and he goes back to laying down in bed. <laughs>
0: Like he goes, he's like, oh, I can't, um, I might, I can't just sit here and do nothing. I know, I know that the doctor tells me that I need to just ignore my manga. It's, it's bad for my health, but I need to look at it. And then he's like, picks it up. Ah, perfect. And puts it away and goes to bed and has the most restful sleep of anyone in the world.
1: (laughs) He's like, ah, yes, all their commentary is very on point. (laughs) 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 <laughs> the, t- the fans will love it.
0: <laughs> like lullaby like l- l- music plays from a music box automatically as he goes to bed. It's just the most peaceful, wonderful sleep anyone has ever had in existence because he's so happy with how the chapter is going to be when he comes back. Oh, I love it. <laughs> There's tall buildings in Cityscape D, okay? Tall Vertical buildings, yep. There's a lot of tall buildings, and they and so everyone has to strategize and analyze how this is going to affect them. And everyone points out, yeah. So giant fucking buildings. How is this going to disrupt them? You know, Asuma is a sniper, and he shot and he shot Osamu through a wall in in the previous fight. Susanari's got a sniper of their own. So are they choosing an anti? Why are they choosing an anti sniper map? Why did they do this? What the hell do they have in mind? And finally, to wrap things up, you know, after, you know, we had one last comment of like, oh, eh, maybe they're just trying, you know, to, to shut down Ozma and Yuzuru and also Chica is, is, is you know, pretty fearsome. He just says, like, we don't have a lot of time, Osamu. If you really are a commander, then command. And Osamu says, okay, here's what we'll do.
1: He's so good, Nick. He's already, he's like, yeah, here's what we do. Ah. So this is, like, a chapter with almost nothing to dissect because it's all text within the chapter, essentially, of everyone yes, describing Yes, there it is no
0: deeper analy- analysis necessary for this chapter. It is all right there for you to consume immediately. <laughs> and
1: I love it. Like, there's just something about World Trigger and the fact that when it came back, it almost is, it, like, a perfect representation of World Trigger that it's, like... Yeah, I know there's these other things I should do, but I just like my own pacing that when Ashihara came back, he's like, yeah, I know the chapter where they talk about buildings. <laughs> it's the one we're going with. And at some point, like, his editor was like, are you sure? And he's just, he just drew one of the female characters with a slightly larger bust, and he's like, okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you would think that, like... Because the editor looked over stuff like, "All right, Asher Ash- Sensei say we want you to make a big impact." So, oh, you didn't throw away the building thing. Yeah, I put in a, a female commentator. She's got big boobs. Okay, you're good. I like
1: nailed it.
0: <laughs> Print it. <laughs> Welcome back. You <laughs> haven't lost your touch at all. This will Um, be your finest chapter
1: yet. And I want to stress, I legitimately 100% love this chapter for that reason. Not ironically love it, I fucking love that that's what Ashihara came back with, was something that was so intrinsically world Trigger.
0: I am so happy with this chapter because it's like hearing from an old friend again. You know the kind of you know, the kind of friend that like, you know, when you're around them, occasionally you get the thought of like, actually, this guy is just kind of weird and eccentric, but you realize then it's like, well, yeah, but I like him and that's why I hang out with him. You know, you were aware it's like, okay, this guy's kind of weird. And then if you've been away from them for a while, then suddenly you reunite and they're like, I actually really missed this, this, we- <laughs> this fucking weirdo. I missed this. This is what I love about, about, uh, about them. So, <laughs> so yeah, uh, I, now I don't know if this is what I would have asked for from world trigger, but now that I've experienced it, it's like, Oh my God, welcome back friend.
1: <laughs> <laughs> welcome back. My old buddy.
0: <laughs> With that said, Chris, it's time to call this, uh, edition of weekly Mont recap to a close. We're going to have more world trigger next week and every week until like December or some, uh, or something like that when it goes monthly. Yeah. So I'm super excited for this new chapter, uh, metaphorically speaking, in World Trigger, so. But to wrap things up for this time, what were our favorites for this week? Favorite series and MVP?
1: I mean, I can't not do it. My favorite series this week is going to go to World Trigger. Welcome back. It's great to have you back. There were so many good chapters, but fuck it. I'm so happy that World Trigger is back and I don't care if it's shameless. I fucking love this series and I'm so happy it's it's back in the magazine.
0: Uh, Nick don't you fucking do it <laughs> no. I'm thinking I'm, I'm, I'm literally thinking about it and I think okay if it weren't for if it were, weren't for World Trigger coming back then I would probably choose We Never Learn I just wanted to get that out there now uh, World Trigger probably actually had the best chapter this week but in terms of chapter getting a, just a reaction out of me it has to just be World Trigger uh we, I think that I might switch switch around. We never you learned how to best chapter. The best, the best world trigger got there, the most. Mind. World trigger got the most. The best reaction out of me, and that's why I had to go with it. You know, it. it I. It, nothing made me feel the way the world trigger did. So there you go.
1: Uh, my MVP then is going to be Yugo from Promised Devil. Uh, I think if I were to not have picked World Trigger, it probably would have either been The Promised Neverland, or Food Wars. I think both of those were just super strong chapters. But there was almost every chapter this week I think had some potential to it. So, uh, but yeah, I'm gonna give a I'm gonna give it to Hugo because yeah, he made me feel things.
0: When I was going into this uh, podcast, I was thinking to myself like I think the Food Wars might have had the weakest week. Uh, but now that I think more about it, I do really like the way what it did with Soma in this chapter. So I'm gonna give it to Soma. I. I do really like the the approach that he took to the challenge and the conclusion that he reached uh, where it was kind of a more sympathetic side of him than you usually get to see. But it was still very much in character for him. So absolutely. So he was a good character. So that is going to do it, everyone. Uh, this has been Weekly Monk Recap, which we record. Uh, Thursday is generally around 730 Eastern time. Uh, you can check us out on twitch.tv slash and uh, smashcast.tv slash for the live stream. But sometimes we do need to change things up, especially if there are technical difficulties like there were tonight. Uh, fortunately we got this fixed. Yeah, you can follow us on at WMR Podcast, at RoloT, and at Nick F time for updates for that kind of thing. Also, be sure to check out our past episodes on recap.popping.com as well as on our YouTube channel and on iTunes. And be sure to leave a comment and rating and subscribe and all that good stuff so that we can become kings of the hobby section and defeat our eternal rivals, the Woodworkers, which, come on. We're in a world where World Trigger is back, guys. The Woodworkers can't dominate forever. Yeah.
1: They're, they're on the back foot now.
0: Yes. Special thanks go out to our Patreon supporters. Your support allows us to create all sorts of fun bonus content for you guys to enjoy. We recorded a showdown last night for uh, Champion Level subscribers, so you can check that out. And a special thanks go out to Steve Manor, our talented artist, and Infamous Planet for all the help that you do for us that's gonna wanna, do it
1: i want to add a little addition something there i want to give a special thanks to ninja x 31 i think it is i can't tell if it's an 31 uh ninja has been in our discord and he has created this giant spreadsheet of the recommendations we've received and included things like what people's comments are who recommended mm-hmm. things like that it's currently pinned to discord so if you want to check it out it's easy to find i greatly appreciate the work it makes things very easy for us to kind of filter through and see
0: I believe also has a list of all the recommendations we've actually taken yes. as well. So, it. an incredibly helpful guide, especially now that we've gotten to the point where we've taken, God, probably close to like two hundred recommendations or something like that in the time we've been doing the show. Mm-hmm. Somewhere, somewhere in there, it's got to be over a hundred, yeah. definitely. So,
1: and I guess we have to, to close it off with the yeah. one and only Nick. It's time. What? what? For a new World Trigger to Our Heart and Back Door, Nick. It's back! World Trigger back! The fanfic's back, Nick! That's why we're taking a look at a World Trigger to My Heart and Back Door. Chapter four. Ever. Model new. Back from her hiatus. <clears throat>
0: I thought there'd already been four chapters of this. Well,
1: this one's chapter four, ever model new. Oh, okay. Spelled new, like new metal, by the way, as well. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. Asamu awoke on the beach. He mm-hmm. was nude. That symbolized his vulnerability. There's also <laughs> a crying baby on the beach. The baby represents birth and renewal. The baby was crying, so Asamu went to pick it up. However, the baby was stronger than Osamu and wriggled (laughs) out of his scraps before falling into the water, turning into a dragon rhino, and disappearing into the ocean.
0: A dragon Uh, rhino.
1: Dragon rhino. The baby being stronger uh, is symbolic of how Osamu, and thus world trigger, was not yet ready to be born anew. It also represented how pathetically weak Osamu was physically. The dragon rhino did not represent anything, but is extremely awesome and thus was included. Hello! Osamu roared with the ferocity of a baby kitten. Can anyone hear me? The sky above Osamu was dark and twisted. It wasn't like any beach he had ever been to before. But it did remind him of that World of Darkness beach from the Kingdom Hearts franchise. Because let's be real, Osamu would play the shit out of the Kingdom Hearts. He looks like he'd be a Disney nerd. Hell, he probably loves that game. the Stupid asshole. <laughs> hey, dick face. Katora responded. Though when Osamu turned, it was not the Katora he expected to see. The love of his life was clad in prison chains that nailed her to the surface. Permanently immobile. Don't ask how that works with sand. Uh... Actually, it was intentional. It represents how our reality is askew without world trigger or something. Kitora, my love! Osamu squealed as he rushed to embrace his dearly beloved. Hug me and I'll rip your dick off. Osamu stopped, knowing Kitora nearly made good on that promise in the past. Kitora, what's with these chains? We stopped trying bondage after I kept getting bruised up in the aftercare. Yeah, which is weird because you were the one applying it. God, you suck. But no, stupid, (laughs) this is about something much bigger. World Trigger cannot come back. Huh? Osama was confused. But everyone loves World Trigger. We're consistently the 15th most popular series that showed a jump, and our anime is enjoyed by hundreds around the world. Hundreds! (laughs) I know, we're a cultural phenomenon, like the Game Boy Advance Sonic games or Zack Ryder's Singles Run. People can't stop talking about us, but that's not the problem. The truth is far more fundamental and devastating. Well, what can we do to fix this? The manga world needs more World Trigger. We were just getting to the penultimate battle of the Rank Wars. Give us seven or eight more months and we'll be in the final battle of our training arc. It's not up to me, Osamu. It's up to him. Kitora motioned behind her to the figure cloaked in uh, a cloak, like a cloak of shadows. His name is Cloaky McShadowstein. He represents the fear and uncertainty of World Trigger's future. <laughs> Um, excuse me, sir. Uh, I'd like to not exist in limbo for all of eternity. Don't weigh all, Osamu. <laughs> the audience knows this voice belongs to Hashtag Ray, but Osamu does it because the character was created after World Trigger went on hiatus. Which That's w- true. As will be explained in a moment. You don't know me, Osamu, because I was created long after you stopped preparing in <laughs> the magazine. What? We stopped appearing and jump! Oh, golly gee, Willikers, goodness me, that's a son of a biscuit! What else has changed? Much. That is to say, a lot! There's a manga <laughs> that teaches science now and masquerades it as an adventure. Oh, that's good, Osamu agreed. Children would be well served to know science, and blending it with a good adventure is the perfect way to do that. Oh, yeah? Well, how about Black Clover? The new ultra-popular mega-series that lacks all the depth in favor of one broken main character solving all of its problems. Hey, different strokes for different folks, you know? I'm glad there's something really enjoyable for that section of the audience. More readers for Jump can only be a good thing for everyone else. (laughs) Hashtag Ray slash Cloaky McShadow Steve was perturbed. Well, if you think all this is so good, then how about the news that you've been replaced? That's right. There's another manga starring a lead character as a glasses-wearing dork with short hair as a total beta cock. Great news! It's always good for Jump to have a variety of role models, and I'm very happy for my fellow Glasses brother. Oh, oh, oh yeah? Well, have you heard how awesome I am? My name's Hashtag Ray, and I have berry memory still, and you <laughs> don't! Doesn't it annoy you that I'm so obnoxious? Not at all. I think it's great <laughs> that you have so much stuff that makes you special. You're trying very hard, and I'm so proud of you, Mr. Sad- <laughs> Mr. McShadowstein. For the first time in his life, Ray was touched by someone else. It was Aww. exclusively because they were complimenting him, but he still to something in the surly preteen. Osamu, take Kitora and go. Huh? But didn't you say there's no place for us anymore? No. Well, bet there'd be no place for you at Shona Jump anymore. There is a place for you. Out there. Plus Jump has like seven side magazines, and you could just stay in one of those for like twenty years and no one will know. <laughs> the sky cracked open, a cascade of wondrous light piercing through to illuminate the once desolate beaches and restoring their lost radiance in an immaculate dazzle. Then Osamu grabbed girl person and float away in light. They girl person? Good. They fuck good whole time. The end. <laughs>
0: That <laughs> you like get really tired at the
1: end <laughs> it spent a lot of time with the sentence that preceded it so i didn't have as much time but uh hold on there's there's an after credit scene oh of a God. Sword, nick. <clears throat> i gotta turn it up you won't be able to hear the start of this nick but you'll you'll know the tune as soon as we get to it okay it's got a long build up okay. One million fifty two thousand two hundred minutes That's how long we've been without the World Trig One million fifty one thousand two hundred minutes Now we've been reunited with the manga we dig With Chica and Akoma and Nasu and Raijin Maru With Yoma and the rest I forgot. 1,051,200 minutes. Fuck.
0: How accurate Fuck. is this calculation? if it's
1: monthly. I ain't gonna bitch. Cause well, it triggers. Back. World triggers. Back. World triggers. Back. Suck it, Black Clover. Cause World Trigger's back! World Trigger's back! 1,052,200 minutes! 1,051,000 more Rank War chapters to go! one million fifty one thousand two hundred minutes how much do you bet the first chapter back will just be talking we're back to chapters of planning and slicing off limbs arguing about which boy's cuter and eventually the apocalypse i assume story up ends let's Celebrate the return of World Trigger Because everything else sucks Because World Trigger's back World Trigger's back World Trigger's Back (laughs) Suck it, Black Clover Because World Trigger's Back Will triggers back. How long is this song? <laughs> it's done, all right? <laughs>